Happy New Year! Big R with you. This show is jam-packed. We're off and running. Show number 23. Hey, everybody. Hi, everybody. Are we excited? We are excited. It's a new year, and wow, lots of exciting things happening in this show. The show is just going to be jam-packed full of... It is. Neat things. Yeah, and we're not trying to egg you on or anything, but... <laughs> and that's no yoke. <laughs> or have you on eggshells, but... You're cracked. <laughs> <laughs> that's for sure. And definitely scrambled and fried. We're excited because we have a couple of voicemails coming and some explanations on mistakes in the kitchen. Mm, that's wonderful. And I want to thank the people who have submitted their mistakes. We have special guests coming on. Debbie's a special guest because she's always here. <laughs> <laughs> the other guest is Jason Castingway. We're going to talk about eggnog. Yeah, he's the one that found a bunch of recipes and really helped us both to understand about there are different ways of making it, cooking and without cooking. And just really, he talks more about that in his intro. And we both had to edit out a lot of time that it takes to whisk and wait and all of that. Anyway, I hope everybody had great holidays. It is a new year. I hope that uh, I cooked up lots of things, and I hope everybody else, if you haven't been cooking, I hope you got started with some, and if you have been, I hope it was fun and, uh, yeah, all good, exciting. Yeah, and we've got such nice compliments about this show, and uh, I want to thank everybody for sending them through that makes us want to do even more. Absolutely. We appreciate your patience with us in doing a replay. And we're sorry that the last one was the one that was panned. I know that that's really been uh, inconvenient and uncomfortable for some who use the phone and, and or um, a kind of equipment where that doesn't work real well. But we're back to our regular way of doing it now. Okay. Do you remember the voicemails? Or oh, anything? I, sh- I sure do. Hey, Debbie. Hey, Randy. This is Jane from Los Angeles. Thanks for playing my voicemail on show 20. At the end of the show, you said to leave you messages about Funny things that happened in the kitchen. Mine wasn't funny at the time, but it is now. Um, it was a couple of years ago, and I'm, you know, still a beginner cook. And I didn't know what can go safely in the microwave and, well, what couldn't. So I had a burrito at the time, and I wanted to heat it up and eat it. It was wrapped in foil, and I thought it was okay to put in the microwave and so I did well a couple seconds later I hear it interfering and I don't know what's going on but I know it's something to do with a foil or something's going on so I opened up the microwave and lo and behold it was the foil burnt and just emitting this horrible horrible smell and um I, well, <laughs> luckily I didn't cause a fire, so I threw out the foil and lesson learned not to put anything with foil in the microwave, wrap it in saran wrap or any other thing except foil because there's like mic- micro things in there that do, that do interfere with it. So, And I tried this with Pop-Tarts, the, you know, the I put a whole... Pop-Tart in there um, with the plastic 
<laughs> don't try this either. <laughs> I Luckily, both times my food was safe, just not the outside portion where it was wrapped. Um, yeah. Anyway, that's my story. We've all done it. Yes. I uh, started... There was something when I was at Larry's that I think it was Larry's or might have even been before that at my place. I don't know. I It might have been popcorn, but I didn't take out the carousel. And that thing acted weird. But I didn't put foil in. But when I was at Larry's one time, I <laughs> I couldn't believe this. I actually put a cup of coffee with a spoon. Oh. In his microwave, it did not do anything. It did not cause a problem. I can't believe this because I know foil would. But I was so absolutely astounded when I opened it and found that, oh, I put a cup of coffee in the microwave with a spoon in it Mm -hmm. that I started laughing my head off. And talking so strangely that I told Larry I put a coffee cuppy in the microwave with a spoon in it. I've done that. I've said that before. (laughs) A cup of coffee. (laughs) Oh, man. And I've even put the Chinese carry-all, you know, the little containers with the little metal handle in there and not had them act weird. And, you know, tea bags have staples on those little, on those strings with the cardboard. Mm -hmm. I've put those in. I have a story to tell you guys that... If you have been with us these many weeks, but it sort of coincides with weirdness and funniness of the um, cotton candy story. (laughs) Oh, I love that story. Okay, (laughs) go for it. This has to do with foil. How I didn't realize that it was foil. In the early 90s, I was working for Eastman Kodak. It was a night shift. Well, at the time, there was nobody in the lunchroom, and I walked in, opened the fridge, took my... Arby's sandwich out that had all kinds of vegetables on it and mm-hmm. roast beef and stuff. I had my packets of horsey sauce. Horsey sauce, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I took everything out. My sandwich was all wrapped up nicely, and so I just sort of put a little venting tear into it so it wouldn't mm-hmm. puff up and cause problems. I put it in the microwave, turned it on, and the fan spun up. And then it made this weird like an eh, like a buzzing noise, sort of, sort of like a, a huge giant fly. And uh, my supervisor came in and he goes, Oh, the microwave is on fire. And, and I didn't, I didn't know why either. Nothing I did was wrong. And holes open the microwave. I felt literally on my face this flame shooting out of the microwave. God. And I don't know what implement he used, but whatever he used, he reached in and literally pushed my Arby sandwich that I was looking forward to onto the floor. <laughs> and it's on the floor, on fire. And he said, I'm going to take my foot, put it on. And I go, no, Dick, no, that's my sandwich. <laughs> that's my lunch. <laughs> and uh, honestly, we just sort of like tried to fan it. Uh, you know, so it wouldn't, so, and at the time when we did throw it on the floor, it, it stopped burning. It really did, but it was, the heat from it was really intense. Oh. And he did not stomp on my sandwich. I picked up the sandwich and it was like the foil, of the paper rather, was charred sort of. 
and I come to realize that it had threads running through the paper of metal. It was mm-hmm. a metally foil, like yeah. yeah, yeah. You can feel it in that paper. It doesn't feel quite like just paper. It it does feel kind of foily, but still, it's not. You know, it's not completely, so it would be hard to know that. Yeah, it, and it was. It was like one of the first times I've seen that back in the 90s. Yeah. I opened the sandwich, and, and he said, you're not going to eat that thing, are you? And I go, Dick, I'm so hungry, you just would not believe it. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> so I opened the sandwich up, took out my horsey sauce, and put it on there. And oh. the, the sandwich itself, it looked fine. It was a little flattened because he's just started to place his foot. <laughs> onto the sandwich, so it was a little pancakey, uh, a little flattened, and uh, it was more like a panini because it was flat. <laughs> oh! And so the the horsey sauce was on it, and I took a bite, and you know, it was really interesting because that flame made it taste like a Burger King, like it was charbroiled. <laughs> you ate it? Yeah, I did, and I liked it. <laughs> I love it. I probably would. I love that. That's funny. Yeah, oh, and so that's that's my story. That's wonderful. That's so funny. Oh, now was your boss able to see it? Oh was yes, he, he was. So- he, he was sighted. <laughs> that's one of the voicemails. Yep. And uh, okay, and so now another voicemail. Another voicemail is from Harriet, and she's been talking about uh, some things that we've all done. It sort of coincides with the story about my. Uh, microwave uh, catching uh, things on fire. Hi, my name is Harriet. Love your podcast, by the way. But I just heard about the mistakes in the kitchen, and boy, do I have a goodie. I was baking pecan pies for a thing at my child's school, and I used pie crusts that were frozen, which I don't usually. When the pies were well on their way to being baked, I kept smelling smoke. And one of the pie crusts had a little hole in it and it dripped the filling from the top pie down into the bottom and caught my oven on fire. So um, the one thing I did was turned off the oven and the fire went out, but boy did my house smell for days. And then the other one I did was my mother-in-law was visiting one time and she's a real talker. So I was making pumpkin pies and she was talking to me and I wasn't paying any attention. When we ate the pie for Thanksgiving dinner, everybody complained about it was a little spicy. I had spiced it twice and you could really tell. So those are two of my mistakes. I've made a few more, but I love to cook and, um, Maybe sometime I'll tell you about some more. <laughs> Deb, you got any fire stories for your oven? One time I think I, I dropped a uh, a pot holder in the oven. Oh. And yeah, that did. One time I had a steak that was on fire. And I mean, I just, I took that out and I threw, I actually threw baking soda on it to get it to stop and it worked. Um, I think I smothered it, basically, was what I think I did. I did the same kind of thing. I was reaching into the oven, and I had a thick pair of mitts on. I would suggest <laughs> if you're going to use mitts, which, you know, everybody uses some sort of things to take the their uh, vessels out of the oven, is to make sure that you you don't have anything around the area of your gloves. And I didn't realize it. I had a, a dishcloth. That was totally dry. Uh oh. And it had caught somehow onto my thick oven mitt. And I I was had a uh, 
big, thick silicone oven mitt. And when I say thick, they're thick, but they give you feeling because they're a supple glove. They have uh, rough undersides on them, and so to give you a better grip. So I reached into the oven, didn't realize it, and a dish rag was stuck to the mitt, and I closed the oven, oh. and I smelled this, you know, smoky something that shouldn't have been in there. I opened it up, flames shot out of the oven. And, you know, just, uh, my, my, my stories all involve flames. Oh, oh my God. How did you know they shot out? Did you feel it or did I felt, you? felt it on my face and it was just roaring hot and <laughs> I smelled the smoke. So I reached into the bottom of the oven with a silicone glove because silicone is very heat resistant. And mm. I picked up the washcloth, which by the way, was on fire mm -hmm. because it was dry. And sure. I tossed it into the sink. Sink, yeah. Turned the water on. Turned the water on immediately. Well, smoke alarms were oh. going off. Now, in the house, mm -hmm. the smoke alarms are all tied into the system, so when one goes off, they all go off. Yep. And it causes you to not <laughs> hear well. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and if yep. neighbors came in, I oh. had like three neighbors from different points come in we're trying to find this fire and i said I already take took care of it it's it's already and well they were looking in the oven and looking around because they didn't believe it of course they believe the blind person doesn't know what they're doing you well, know so much that's what they said i heard one of them say well people like that shouldn't be cooking anyway oh, right? <laughs> oh i was so upset i i went outside and i gave them an earful oh i bet you did oh i i really did what about spices uh have you ever, ever overspiced? yes one time i made chili and it was supposed to be i think it was one and a half teaspoons of chili powder and i did one and a half tablespoons and i i mean i recooked and added potatoes to absorb that and i even made a double batch and and mixed it in without spices yeah. and mixed it in and it just never it doesn't work it, it just did not work. Oh man! And I was so disappointed. I liked, I liked that recipe, um, and to this day, I really am not as much of a chili lover as I used to be. Got one more. Almost forgot. All right. This next message is from Kevin, who emailed us that he uh, used to use a wok. He tried it once, caught it on fire, and <laughs> went back to the microwave. That's right. <laughs> now. And what what made it catch on fire? Uh, he was just cooking in it, and apparently he had it um, set too high. The heat set too high and mm. just caught things on fire. Now, having said that, I just want to mention one quick thing is I've used woks. I've used pans that I've turned into woks. In other words, I've used them as a wok. Sure. And woks are uh, they're very wide and they're sloped, and so you can sh – you can, uh, place the vegetables or the meat up on the sides while the other things are cooking and then shove them all back down again to give them a stir for a final uh, heating. I, I love them. I think they're great. Um, but So having said that, I know some people are really intimidated by fire and they might even be more so now that they've listened to this show. So I, I, I really want to really say just because we've said these things, don't be afraid. Uh, yeah, cause we're still here and we're laughing about it and we're able to talk about it. And yeah. you just need to know some things to do. I mean, you know, putting water on some fires is a good thing. Putting water on some fires is not a good thing. Like a grease fire. 
Yeah, and like an electric fire. Yeah, so we all go through these. Well, many of us go through these things. Yeah. You know, I I learned a long time ago, the more... The more risks I take, the more mistakes I will make, and yeah. but that's okay. Yeah, I'm not my mistakes. You know, my mistakes happen to me, but they don't make me a bad person, and that's the same for any of us. You know, they don't make you a failure, and they don't mean you know that it's all too scary. You should avoid it. It just means okay. You know, okay, and it actually becomes a funny story. <laughs> really, you know, if you feel a little bit more confident in things that we're telling you, try to branch out a little bit from the microwave. It really is worth it. Keep sending in your your mistakes because we will be glad to talk about them. And if you like, we'll air them on the show. And, and send in your triumphs too. And your tri- for sure, obvious. your triumphs too. If you you know if you bake something really great over the holidays, or you know if something is a success, call in and leave a voicemail and say hey. Mail us. Yeah. yeah. Send us something on Twitter. Uh, that's all great. Here we are in a new year, and we're open to your ideas. We're open to guests, and we are going to feel our way in this new year and see what direction to take um, this great show. Hello, everyone. Enjoying the Cooking with the Hazelnuts program? My name is Jason Castanguay, and I'm here to talk to you about the preparation and creation of this magnificent drink we call eggnog. When I looked it up on the internet, I discovered very many recipes, all with varying degrees of the amounts of ingredients and whether to cook or not cook and whether you have alcohol or not. And it was quite an interesting process. But I finally settled on one that read very well, um, had some explanation behind it, and I just thought it was a simpler recipe. Some of them were difficult where you had to spoon in things quickly and do some crazy things. And I did find out, uh, this is kind of an educational thing for me, is that the, the reason why people are cooking them is because it eliminates the risk of bacteria in the eggs. And the bacteria does not come from the inside of the egg. It comes from the shell contacting the egg white and egg yolk. And some shells, depending on where they've been, may have bacteria on them. So anyway, that was just an interesting little tidbit for me. There were recipes for creating eggnog with raw eggs and recipes that involved cooking them slightly to eliminate that bacteria risk, and I chose the latter for that reason, just in case. The website from which I got this recipe is very easy, so for your reference, it is thecookinggeek, all one word, thecookinggeek.com slash eggnog. Without further ado, let's begin. The ingredients needed are six eggs, three cups milk, one cup heavy cream, one cup sugar, one half teaspoon vanilla extract, one half teaspoon salt, and nutmeg to taste. Directions. One, in a medium bowl, whisk together one cup sugar and one half teaspoon salt. Two, Crack six eggs into the mixing bowl and whisk very well until homogeneous. Three, pour three cups of milk into a large pot and turn the heat up to medium. Four, pour the egg mixture into the milk and whisk very quickly. Five, continuously whisk while it heats up. You want to get the mixture to about 150 to 160 degrees Fahrenheit. If you have a food thermometer, you can keep track of the heat that way. But if you do not 
have one, simply heat the mixture until you start to see a little steam. Then give it another 30 to 60 seconds to cook while whisking. You will notice that it thickens a bit and becomes smooth. It will take about five minutes. Six, take the pot off the heat as soon as the proper temperature is reached. Add one cup of cream and one half teaspoon vanilla extract. You may add a little nutmeg at this point if you desire. Stir well. Seven, put into a bowl or pitcher and refrigerate until it is cold and thick. Around eight hours is best. Eight, when ready to serve, stir or shake the eggnog well and pour into serving glasses. Dust with nutmeg. Now I'm going to bring you to my kitchen where we will make this together. Welcome to my kitchen. We're going to start by whisking the sugar and salt that I have in this mixing bowl. Just move it around, get it all mixed together. And now I have got to select the eggs. I meant to do that before I got started, but now you can hear me do that. Grab six large eggs. Alright, and I have my six eggs ready. I just need to crack them all. And so here we go. There's one. There's two. I can count. <laughs> Here's number three. Some people in restaurants that do it all in one hand, they crack it and throw it in the pan and throw it, you know, get rid of the eggshell and crack another one just so quickly. I have not quite mastered that skill. And I think I got one left here. eggshells out. And rinse my hands. Okay. Now we're going to whisk this until it's homogeneous. I looked up the pronunciation and I thought it was homogeneous, but um, I looked it up and the dictionary said homogeneous. So now yeah, the homogenous is probably referring to something else. So I'm whisking this together and making sure I'm breaking up all that and making sure we get a homogeneous mixture. Okay. Yes, I can still hear the grittiness of the sugar. I don't want that.
Oh yes, there's plenty of that still going on. I'm feeling with my finger as I go, just to make sure, and I feel some little gummed up spots of sugar on the edge. We don't want that. I used just slightly less sugar than what they were calling for. Um, in the longer version of her description, she talked about you know not wanting it quite so sweet. off the sides. I think this is quite good. And now, I'm going to rinse my fingers again. And I have milk ready to pour in the pot. Ah yes, here it is. I'm going to move the recorder over because we're going to work in an, another area. Okay, now I'm going to pour this milk into the pot. There we go. And I need to get my egg mixture. I was working by the sink before, so. Um, and now I'm going to pour this in. I don't want to start heating the milk and before I get the eggs in because I don't know how quickly I'll get back to the pot and I want to make sure everything just works the way it should. Okay. Got it. And just making sure everything is out. And put the whisk. Put the whisk in the pot. Okay. I'll make sure it doesn't fall all the way in. Put this over here. And without further ado. making sure my pot is centered on this burner and we're going to get going here. And um, it says to cook at medium, but I am going to cook at medium low because this is a pretty big burner and um, I don't want the heat to get out of hand too quickly. And it's a pretty large pot and I just want to keep whisking until until um, we feel this slight steam coming. So I'm pretty excited because if, if I can get a good eggnog going, then uh, we'll be golden. I won't have to keep waiting for some time, some you know holiday to, to pick it up. Moving it around can get a little boring, I suppose. Okay, maybe I'll actually turn the heat up a little bit, just slightly, and so that we can get um, it's still um, heating up pretty gently. So I, I just wanted to be sure that I wasn't going to heat things up quickly here. Okay, we're getting close to the end here. I can tell because it's getting pretty warm and 
keep moving it around. I'm not detecting any clumps. This is very, very good. And I can detect a looks like frothiness for sure. Yes, you can hear the I think you can kind of hear the frothiness. It's just sounds like it's I bet it looks really good. I think we're good here. I think we're going to stop. Yes, it feels very frothy. So off the heat we go. It's been about that time, and I'm detecting a little steam. Very, very good. Very, very good. Okay, and now I need to get my cup of cream. Okay, let me see here. Get it off the heat. Let me get this out of the way. Now I gotta get my cup of cream and my measuring cup. I didn't prepare this stuff so you get to hear me run around looking for stuff. things move around. Okay. And I'm a little further away from the recorder because I'm going to pour the cream into my measuring cup. Right to the top of my measuring cup. Okay. I'm going to take this cup over and pour it in. the smell of vanilla. Mm, mm, mm. Okay, I think a little more came out than I thought would, but that's okay. Now we're going to stir this up. Get it all mixed up in here. Boy, does this smell rich. Okay. She said you could put a little nutmeg in there now, and I don't think I'm going to do that because I can do it by the glass, and that way if people don't want it, they don't have to have it. Can you hear that liquid? It sounds great. Okay. I think we are good. Oh yes, I can feel the, the peaks and the, the fluffiness of those egg whites. I believe that's what causes the fluffiness. whisk in the sink, rinse the hands again, 
And now the trickier part of maybe, because <laughs> this wasn't, the stove part wasn't so bad, I think the trickier part is going to be being sure that I can pour this into a milk bottle. I have a glass milk bottle that's been cleaned and I have a funnel. I can find it quickly. Ah, here it is. It's one of those um, silicone funnels that has a few different sizes it can open into. And I'm opening it into the largest thing so I can um, put it on the top of this milk bottle. I'm going to take the recorder back closer to where I'll be. There we go. And let's see, where is the pot here? And put this down here. And where's that milk bottle? It's not far from here. Here it is. And let's see how this funnel fits right on top. Okay, it fits quite well. I'm going to put the bottle down, down into the sink. Just in case there's a problem while pouring this. And here we go. Oops. Okay, maybe the funnel isn't as perfectly balanced as I thought it fell. And we don't want that happening while I'm pouring here. So. This smell good. Okay, so I spilled a little into the sink. That's okay. I think we've got the rest into the funnel. We're all set. Okay. Now, all I have left to do is let this set until morning. Glad I did this in the sink. Whew. Okay. So I spilled just a little eggnog. That is not nice. That means I have a little less than I otherwise might have. Oh, my, my. Okay, now we find our little milk cap here. Has a little bit of egg on its face. <laughs> okay. There we go. That wasn't so bad. Perfect, perfect, perfect. I wish I could tell how full this thing is, but oh, it's nice and heavy. This is wonderful.
Okay, so I'll be back tomorrow morning and we're going to taste it. Or I'm going to taste it. <laughs> Lucky me, right? And then uh, we'll, we'll know how, how it came out. Here we are and we're ready to check out the eggnog. I'm really excited. And one thing I forgot to mention last night is that the chickens are not only local, they are in our backyard. So that is where the eggs came from. And so uh, it's kind of cool to have the fresh eggs as opposed to the store-bought. And okay, I'm opening the fridge. Getting out the bottle. And I'm gonna give it a shake here. Okay, it sounds pretty thick. And I'm gonna the cap off here. And give it a pour. Whoa, came out a little faster than I thought. And I was able to hear it, and that's usually not the case with eggnog. Sometimes it's so thick it's hard to hear it pour. Um, so, let me put the cap back on here. I have someone in the kitchen here who wants to try it with me. And now I'm going to put some nutmeg on mine. And these, oh, don't we all have these wonderful clocks? Um, okay, let me just, I'm going to put some eggnog, I mean, uh, nutmeg in my hand so that I can control, because these holes are pretty big. And, let's see. Okay. They're actually, it doesn't come out as fast as I thought, the egg, the nutmeg. I keep getting nutmeg and eggnog confused. <laughs> okay. Oh, I love the smell of fresh uh, uh, ground eggnog. I mean, uh, nutmeg. Oh, my goodness. Oh, apparently it's good. I haven't even tasted it yet. Mmm. Alrighty then. Not as thick as I thought it would be, but quite good. Mm. Wow, I am quite pleased. This came out very well. And um, I think I put a little more vanilla in than it called for, but you know what? I don't care. I love vanilla. <laughs> But I taste the vanilla, the nutmeg, and wonderful richness. Hooray, we did it. Thank you, Jason. Okay, it's my turn. So here I have my recipe. When I was a little girl, my mother made a different version of what she called eggnog. But it wasn't like this. It was just egg and milk, vanilla, and sugar thrown into the blender. Blended and <laughs> voila. We drank it and we loved it. But this involves actually cooking the eggs somewhat, as uh, Jason will have explained. I always thought from what people said that it was difficult to make. Well, this doesn't look difficult. 
I just have never done it before. Beginning with the sugar. All right, so I am gonna do a little less than a cup. It's maybe, oh, a half an inch from the top instead of right to the top. Man, when I used to buy sugar all the time, it came in a bag. Now it looks like it comes in these containers that I've seen coffee come in. And a half a teaspoon of salt. It's Himalayan sea salt, and it has 29 minerals in it. I love it. Okay, there is the salt in with the sugar. And you want me to whisk that? Oh, oh my God, I'm touching things I shouldn't be touching. Where is, where is the whisk? Which whisk is the whisk? Which whisk is which? I have it. <laughs> Crack six eggs into the mixing bowl. So, I know in this container there are two 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 eggs in one <laughs> and so here's another thing of eggs in here and where can I put this other container because this is ridiculous I don't know but okay I need this uh, carton of eggs. Don't get too excited, Debbie, and break the eggs. There's no yolk about it. Alright. We had a lot of puns one day on ACB Radio Interactive when I was making a coconut cream pie and I managed to closed my refrigerator door. I had the egg carton in the in the door and when I closed my refrigerator all the eggs fell out of the egg carton into my refrigerator and I'm just making sure I have one, two, three, four, five, six right here. So I'm going to get these out of here so I don't talk myself silly and lose count. I had eggs. They didn't, they actually, they broke, but they didn't, um, they didn't fall out of the refrigerator. They all fell in the refrigerator. It was very strange. So, I had a mess to clean up, but the coconut pie did get made, but we had lots of jokes on Shannon Reese's show because she's on After the Good Energy Mix, Reese's Pieces, and she made lots of jokes about no yolk and being on eggshells, and uh, people were excited, and I was really scrambling, and you know, <laughs> or half fried. <laughs> it was very funny. All right. Six eggs and a bunch of eggshells in the sink now going to the 
trash. All right. In a styrofoam container that gets recycled. All right, so we are very much recyclers here. And the whisk is already here. So now I am whisking. Whiskle while you work. <laughs> oh, bad. <laughs> and I have a thermometer that I have not... Oh, everybody's, everybody's sending me WhatsApp messages at the same time. Don't you know I'm cooking? <laughs> Ooh. There is some sugar on the counter here. That must have been from my little um, movable Braille on the counter. Hmm. <laughs> I need three cups of milk and one cup of cream but first I need the milk so this time I'm gonna do it the way that it says I don't know if that's really gonna be three cups but if it isn't I will maybe use a little bit of almond I don't know. I haven't decided yet. Not quite two in there. I know what I have. I think it's any good. I think I have some half and half from last week when I already have almond milk, which I would love, but I'm trying to just kind of do what it says this first time. Let's see how this. Oh no, that's eggnog. That's shooting. That's other eggnog. <laughs> this is Yeah, I think it's okay. Um probably could just dump this in because this is probably going to be about the right amount. Yeah, this smells okay. Always making sure that milk or cream have not gone sour by the smell. You can look at the date all you want. You can get somebody to look at the date, but I trust my nose a lot more. I'm going to turn this to medium. And, you know, I don't have my stove labeled, but when I turn this knob for this larger burner to the right once, it clicks and it's on high. So I went so that the little dot is on the bottom of the control. So I am pouring the eggs and sugar and salt into the pot with the milk. It's going to take a while for it to even begin heating. It is still cold to the touch in the pan. So that gives me a moment. I always keep washing my hands before I touch, especially I'm touching my on hand and I'm making sure my 
hands are dry. So I'm back whisking away. You don't want these eggs to become like scrambled eggs. They're not meant to coagulate. And I don't feel any steam yet. I don't feel any anything like that. I think I will see what temperature this is. Okay. Okay, so 116. We're not there yet. How about that? First time I've ever used this. I feel like I'm on a, like trying to fly a jet plane or a air, a spaceship or something. I'm hearing these, you know, this thermometer sounds very official. We're getting there. It's definitely getting hotter. Alright, I'm definitely feeling a little bit of steam. I made fudge one time last year. Boy, I didn't have this thermometer, but I had a friend helping me, and I had an incredible recipe. And boy, did it come out great. All right, I think we're getting there because I'm starting to feel like this is turning. Uh, I mean, come on, let me hear our temperature. Come on. I know, because the bottom of the pan is starting to... 149.9 degrees Fahrenheit. Okay. 149.9 degrees Fahrenheit. Whisk, whisk, whisk. All over, around in little circles, all over the bottom of the pan. Making sure the sides are gotten. Okay. I'm going to stop turning it off, removing it, sliding it over away from this heat, moving this other pan, sliding it away. Okay. I'm bringing it over here to rinse it off. Oh, I'm going to turn it off first. That is very cool. It's the first time I've ever used a talking thermometer. I will tell you regarding the thermometer, I pushed it and held it a couple of seconds for it to turn on and turn off, toggling uh, maybe about three seconds. It gives a double beep. 
I think, to turn it on and turn it off. But it also gave a double beep often when it read, and it tended, if I pushed the button slightly, it would read, but it would tend to update on its own just with a double beep giving the temperature. Very, very cool. Bought it at Blind My Smart. So now I have to mix the cream in and the vanilla. So the cream and the vanilla were added, mixed again and poured into the Blendtec container and placed in the refrigerator overnight. Okay, so I am up. It is the next morning. This has sat in here all night in the refrigerator and it definitely feels heavy as I tap on it, like it is definitely, you know, holding a denser liquid. So I'm gonna bring it to the blend tech and I am going to, I'm turning it on and I'm just gonna pulse it briefly here, just to, they say shake it up or, or you know, blend it or something. So this is what I'm doing. So there's the bottom of the glass Randy wanted to hear. I was pouring to see if I could hear it, but it's... Mm. It's a bit frothy on top. It's not as thick as I would have expected, but it's definitely thicker. So now I'm going to sprinkle a little nutmeg on this on the top. Oh God, does that smell good. I love the smell of nutmeg. I'll stir it just a little. Oh yeah, it's definitely thick. You can hear that. Oh, oh man. Mm, mm, mm. Mm. So, we made it. We did. How exciting. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can blame it on technology, I swear. Uh, <laughs> I know. It does get very flaky. And we're not yeah. even making pie. No. Not even egg on our faces. <laughs> Where do they get, what does nog mean, I wonder? <laughs> I don't know, maybe it's part of noggin. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. <laughs> noggin on heaven's door. <laughs> yes. Oh my goodness, that's what it tastes like. It's oh, like, wow, it's good. How exciting. I'm so proud. Me too. I really am. And I, I loved, you know, hearing us both cracking eggs and <laughs> cracking jokes. and. <laughs> yeah, and I was so tempted to edit all the cracks so that happen all consecutively. Boom, 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 oh. boom. You know? <laughs> oh, that's funny. But yeah. it's more real. I mean, there were things that I left in because they were just more real. And I think, you know, since this show is about people who are blind, cooking and and knowing that it's cool to do and okay and you know doable i thought well yeah leave in and there were things i took out just in the essence of time or shortened yes. on both of what we have but still i left the gist of everything in yep that's kind of how i felt too i i knew that some things would take a little while and people didn't need to hear uh, whisking for five minutes, I figured I yeah. can, you know, fade that out. Mm -hmm. They'll understand that it's, yeah. it's continuing. <laughs> 
And it wasn't quite as thick as either of us thought, but still, wow. No, and when I talked to some others about that, um, I discovered they they seemed to understand that homemade wasn't always going to be thick like the kind you get in the grocery store. So that kind of made me feel a little better about it. And mm-hmm. I also remembered a time when I bought uh, eggnog from a local farm. They made it in such a way that it wasn't thick like that either. But it, boy, was it tasty. And it always sold out. I was amazed I got that one bottle. So Oh, and it's just good to know. Good to know how easy it is to make. Because I always kind of had the impression that it was a lot of work. And, and I think, like you, I was intimidated by cooking the eggs at first. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know how the ones compare where you don't. But gosh... That might be something to try next time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and I had also heard so much beforehand, just it seemed kind of like folklore. Ooh, it's difficult. Ooh, it's a challenge. So I was just intimidated by that. And it really wasn't bad at all. <laughs> no, not at all. Not bad. And really a lot of fun. Mm, yes, so indeed. So let's do it again. And let's definitely keep cooking. Sounds good to me. Now it's time for sound bite. 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 <laughs> Let's talk about curdling eggs. Now what they don't want you to do is if you're making something like oh eggnog or if you're making something that you don't want your eggs scrambled, don't pour them into totally hot liquid. Pour them into a liquid that is a little cooler. And that way when your mixture heats up, it won't curdle your your eggs. Yeah, and um, yeah, they don't want you to pour it into, like they told us to pour the um, the eggs and milk, yeah, together when they were cool. Right. And bring them up together yep. to the warmer heat and then not to overcook. Yep, because otherwise they'll scald and or scramble. Mm-hmm. And that wouldn't be good. Okay, well, that is great. That's a great way to understand that process mm-hmm. um, because I know there are certain things, you know, and they also say let them cool down before you add, like the even the uh, sour cream. Oh, or yeah. Making hollandaise sauce. You know, I think there's some dairy that goes into hollandaise sauce, I yep. think. Yep, and also um, I've made beef stroganoff many yep. times in the pressure cooker. Mm-hmm. And you probably don't add your sour cream till the tail end. You got it. Stir it through, and that's all you need. Otherwise, you it will get more after that, or it would. Yeah, it'll curdle. Mm-hmm. So, watch curdle your curdling. As sour. <laughs> yes. See you next week. Bye bye for now. Seasons greetings. A happy new year. 